your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Monday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, March 8th, 2021. Your boy Q here with you as always. You know, you can always check me out on Twitter at your boy Q254. And if you want to call in, leave a message or uh, or send a text message to the show, you can always do it. 707-654-4693. Today's episode is being brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON20, and you'll get 20% off your next order. And I'll tell you all about Built Bar later on in the show. Got something special going on with Built Bar this week, so it should be a lot of fun. Actually, the next, I think, a couple weeks. Either way, it should be a lot of fun. I'll tell you about it later on in the show. Coming up on today's show is segment number three, your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. Talked about that earlier in the show. Again, 707-654-4693. That is the number if you want to hit it up and leave a message, get something on to the show. Segment number two, I actually had a really good conversation with Nice Guy Steven from 95.7 The Game. This was a conversation that I actually had on Friday before me and the wife left and I uh, flew out of uh, Texas into California uh, to go hang out with uh, my, my friends, uh, the Zamoras, uh, Daniel, Erica, Enrique, and Monica. They had lost their dad uh, due to COVID and uh, got all the details behind that while we were there and uh, visited with the mom and everything. Just spent some time with them over the weekend. And uh, yeah, before I left to do all that, uh, I actually had this conversation with uh, nice guy Steven from 95.7 The Game, all things Raiders. And it's really cool whenever I get an opportunity opportunity to do anything that has to do with 95.7 The Game. Anyone who's been listening to this show for a really, really long time knows that uh, you know I'm really tight with Bonte Hill and of course uh, Daryl Guru Johnson. Uh, matter of fact, I go back with 95.7 The Game all the way back when uh, my guy Victor Zaragoza, he was, uh, he was working there. Also, Zachariah, he was working there as well. And so uh, all those guys, I mean, I go back with those guys for quite a while. So anytime I get an opportunity to do anything with that station, I'm definitely going to jump at that opportunity. So nice guy Steven hit me up and uh, asked me to be a part of the it was like a podcast they do a black sunday podcast he does and uh so he wanted me to be a part of that so i'm just gonna let you hear that conversation that's gonna come up in segment number two here in segment number one news and the notes of the day kind of what i collected over the weekend even though i didn't collect a whole lot over the weekend like i said was really busy with uh you know family and friends and and uh trying to you know just be there for for my 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 folks uh, as they were going through some tough times but uh i still was able to collect some news and notes so we'll go ahead and bring it to you right here most likely the biggest piece of news actually came on Friday while I was on the plane and I remember Raider Izzy actually hit me up and was like man Gruden is so frustrating or he was getting upset at Gruden and that was because the news that came out that Richie Incognito uh, left guard Richie Incognito was going to get released by the Raiders and there's a chance that they bring him back at a, a lower salary but Ian Rappaport he put out the first tweet the Raiders will be releasing Richie Incognito because of their salary cap he's 100% healthy looks forward to continuing his career there or elsewhere. And that was Ian Rappaport. Then all of a sudden, a report came out from Vic Tafer. Incognito was due to make $5 million in salary, wrote about his rehab last week, and the expectation is that he'll re-sign with the Raiders for less money. That was from Vic Tafer, and then Vinny Bonsignor kind of doubled down or tripled down. He said, uh, I definitely wouldn't rule out Richie Incognito returning to the Raiders. This is going to be a crazy next couple of months or so. 
So either way you look at it, Richie Incognito is going to be released because of the, the salary he has right there, $5 million. And it looks like the Raiders are going to attempt to bring him back, but there's other teams that could be in play and offer him some more money and just, you know, take a shot at him. And look, I, I know a lot of Raider fans, including Raider Izzy, was kind of upset when they saw that. Like, why are you breaking down the whole offensive line? Look, Richie Incognito wasn't there for the Raiders at all in 2020 anyway. I mean, think about it. How much did Richie Incognito actually contribute in 2020? Not very much. Now, I know Gabe Jackson is a different subject. I mean, he was there uh, throughout the whole course of the season in 2020, and he's a heck of a player, but he was going to make $9 million, and that was just too much money. And I feel like the Raiders feel like they have some pretty good depth. I think that they think that at the guard position, John Simpson, their fourth-round draft pick out of Clemson, he's going to play a bigger role in 2021. And Denzel Good, who came in and was basically uh, Johnny on the spot and was able to hold down any position he had to uh, whenever he was asked to do it, he's going to deserve a contract extension. He is a free agent, so they're going to have to give him a contract contract extension, but I definitely believe that he's he's worthy of that contract extension, and that's what they're working on. So, uh, yeah, they bring back Richie Incognito. I can see them doing that uh, at a much cheaper rate, and, and again, he's 37 years old coming off an Achilles injury that kept him out all of 2020, so if they don't bring him back, I mean, yeah, he's a good player when out there, but again, they, they went through it in 2020 without him, so I don't think it would be such a monumental move if they don't bring him back, and of course, Trent Brown still remains a big question. You know, obviously last week it was noted that they were trying to trade him. And if they don't trade him, maybe they're going to try to hold on to him. I still don't think he returns at $14 million. I, I just really don't. I think they'll have to do something to figure out how to change up that so it's not that big of a, a cap hit. Because currently, if he plays on the contract that is actually written, it'd be $14 million. And I just, I don't see that happening. I think that they're going to have to do something or they're going to have to find a way to, to move on from him, trade him, or flat out release him. And I think flat out release him will probably be the last thing that they do if they do that at all. But a uh, gut feeling tells me that they either trade him or they find a way to restructure that contract. So that's just a little bit of offensive line news. Also, uh, Vic Tafer pointed out that the Raiders are in talks with linebacker Nicholas Morrow, who is also set to be a free agent. Uh, he said that the Raiders are in talks with Nicholas Morrow to try to bring him back. He was one of the few defensive players who played well last year. And he echoed Nelson Aguilar in questioning the team's accountability, raising the bar. And I've heard a lot of people say that you got to bring Nicholas Morrow back because, of course, I've been very adamant about the Raiders going to get a real deal linebacker. And I, I like Nicholas Morrow. But again, he's not one of those guys that I say if he doesn't return, then it's oh my God. I think Nicholas Morrow was a good player. I don't think he was a great player. I think that he's getting better as his career goes on. He is getting better. But I I just don't know if he's I don't think he's great and I know he's not an alpha dog so uh, we'll see what happens but apparently they're in talks Nicholas Morrow was on Sirius XM radio and he said that he had already met with defensive coordinator Gus Bradley to discuss how he'd fit into the new scheme said the Raiders are making a push and spent a lot of money on linebackers last offseason and they may not have enough money to make it work especially with interest in uh, Nicholas elsewhere so that's the other thing that's the other factor that goes into this other teams may be trying to push for Morrow to be on their squad and there's some teams with a lot of more salary cap space than the Raiders have. So maybe they bring back Nicholas Morrow, maybe they don't, but apparently they're already kind of ahead of the game as far as contract extensions go. And if you're looking at the calendar, today is March 8th, 2021. Tomorrow is the final day. Tomorrow, teams have to have the franchise tag placed on whoever they're going to place them on uh, for the 2021 season. And so far, it looks like Justin Simmons, the safety from uh, the Broncos, is going to get tagged again. That'll be the second year in a row that he gets tagged. And he was on Sirius XM Radio the other day, and I heard him talk about the fact that
fact that he feels like that they want him back and he wants to be back in Denver. He thinks something's going to get worked out, but uh, apparently it's not worked out yet. So they're going to put the tag on him. That'll be the second year in a row. And also Dak Prescott from the Cowboys quarterback. looks like he's going to get tagged again, get hit with the exclusive tag. That'll be the second year in a row for him as well. I did see someone suggest on Twitter that the Raiders need to go out and put the franchise tag on Nelly. And that'll be about $15 million based off of what the estimated salary cap is for 2021. I don't really think that's necessary. I don't think it's necessary to use the franchise tag on Nelly. If he sticks around, he sticks around. If he gets a deal done, great. If not, I mean, I don't think it's that major. I think that they have other guys that can step up. I think there's other guys that are coming up in the draft. I mean, I think there's plenty of other things they can do, plenty of other directions they go if Nelly does not return. Ideally, would you like him to come back? Sure. But do you need to use the franchise tag on him to make sure he comes back? I really don't think so. Again, $15 million, that's that's basically what it's going to be. I, I just don't see that being worth it. I mean, I think if you can get Nelly in around a, a $12 million deal, maybe even a $10 million deal, great. But I don't think you need to break the bank. I mean, this dude did uh, had a heck of a year for the Raiders. Don't get me wrong. But he also did it in a contract year. And I'm always a little cautious of people that get it done in that contract year. And then all of a sudden you give them big bread. And then they don't go out there and do what they're supposed to do. So not saying he would do that. Just saying that, you know, you, you kind of want to see a little bit more. So $15 million is a little rich for my blood. For Nelly, but again, that's just me. I know there's a lot of fans that really, really want to see him back. I think if Nelly don't come back, I think that just almost forces Henry Ruggs' hand to have to step up and be a bigger player, a bigger role, and that'll force John Gruden to use him more. You know, that that's and I'm not saying that get rid of uh, Nelly so Henry Ruggs could play, but it'll almost force them to do that. And I, I just kind of feel like that they relaxed and didn't go to Henry Ruggs as much as they should have gone to Henry Ruggs in uh, his rookie year, but we'll see. But anyway, either way you look at it, tomorrow is the deadline for the franchise tag to be placed on players across the league. That's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Lockdown Raiders podcast. Coming up in segment number two, my conversation with nice guy Steven from 95.7 The Game. Before I get into that, though, I want to tell you about betonline.ag. Uh, the All-Star game was on Sunday. Don't know if you checked that out. I don't know if you saw the three-point contest, the dunk contest. BetOnline.ag had prop bets for all of those. For the MVP of the game, for the three three-point uh, contest winner, uh, for all of that. They have it for college basketball. And of course it's getting close to March Madness time, right? It's about that tournament time. That's when everyone really enjoys. Baseball's right around the corner. All these different sports are going on. UFC was in, in, in effect on Saturday. They have, uh, you know, they have bets on that as well. So BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts has you covered basically in everything. All you got to do is open up a free account today at betonline.ag. Use the promo code Locked On, and you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus when you do that. So you put a hundo in, you're going to have 150 to play with. You put 200 in, you're going to have 300 to play with, just like that. Betonline.ag. Check them out on social media at betonline underscore ag. Take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Again, betonline.ag. Segment number two is on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here you are. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to jump into my conversation I had on Friday with nice guy Steven from 95.7 The Game. And I am very happy to be joined right now on Black Hole Sundays by your boy Q. And if you are an OG listener to the station when the Raiders were still in the Bay. You have heard your boy Q on before. He is, of course, a host of Unnecessary Roughness on Fox Sports Central Texas from 3 to 6 p.m. And, of course, he's also the host of the Locked On Raiders podcast. What's going on, Q? How you doing, man? Man, I'm doing really good. I'm blessed. I appreciate you having me on, man. You know I got so much love for the Bay Area, so when the Bay calls, you know your boy is going to answer the phone. 
course, man. All right, well, I just wanted to start out with a couple of free agency questions, man, because there's a lot going on this offseason. And, and let's just start out with what's hot right now, and that is, oddly enough, the, the Raiders' offensive line. Uh, Gabe Jackson, he was released, ju- released just to save some money and you know put them a little bit under the cap after you know they released Tyrell Williams and they've done all that other stuff. But uh, Hudson and Incognito, they'll still be around, it's looking like, and Colton Miller as well. So their left side is solidified, but their right side, it's looking like it's in question right now. I mean, Trent Brown's involved with trade talks, and I want to know from UQ, what do you think is going to happen with Trent Brown? Do you think he's still going to be in the Raiders next season, or do you think he's actually going to get traded? You know, that's a really good question, and I think it's all really on based on what the Raiders can get done. You know, and, and like Mike Mayock said the other day, the jury is still out, and, and what he means by that is they're obviously trying to trade him and try to trade Trent Brown. And the thing about it is it's not a very big free agent tackle market this, this, uh, this year. So I think if there's a team out there that would like to get a guy that they know what they're going to get out of them or they think they know what they're going to get then they'll make the move they'll pull the trigger on a trade and uh you know the Raiders will ship him off uh he's been doing a lot of workout videos kind of showing that he's in shape or he's getting in shape he's fired up and you know the last couple seasons as great of a player as he is and he really is man the Raiders offensive line that right tackle spot is definitely a lot better with Trent Brown there but I mean the old saying that gets old and people get tired of hearing it the best ability is availability he's just not available enough so my gut feeling, which is all I ever roll with, tells me that he won't be a member of the Silver and Black in, in 2021. But if he could somehow convince them that he's going to be available this year and he's in the best shape of his life, then I could see them saying, okay, fine, you know what? It's $14 million. Maybe they try to restructure the deal a little bit to make it a little easier on the salary cap, you know, give him a little bit of upfront money. Maybe they do that and say, we'll give you one more shot to prove that you want to be here. But, I mean, there's one thing that you, can, you can't deny, man. He's, he's already been a Niner. He's already been a Patriot. And now he's a Raider. It's hard to find really, really good offensive linemen. When you find them, most of the time, teams hold on to them. There's a reason why this man keeps getting moved around, and I believe most of it is availability, and that's what the problem has been with the Raiders. So uh, my gut feeling tells me he'll be gone, but I think that there's just a little crack in the door where he may be able to hang around if he could convince those guys that he's going to be available in 2021. Yeah, and, you know, judging by that social media that you're talking about, I think he has Derek Carr on his side because Carr is all up on his social media, too. It looks like he wants them to be with the Raiders for sure. Um, I mean, I'm just – I was shocked, Q. I mean, I I thought Gabe Jackson would be here for a little while. It, I thought it was going to come down to him and Incognito and, you know, apparently $9 million worth more than $6 million, so they needed to get under the salary cap. We'll see what happens with the right side of that offensive line. Uh Wide receiver, let's go there and stay on the offensive side of the ball. Nelson Aguilar, he's loved by Mike Mayock and John Gruden. They rave about him even after that little outburst he had in the locker room after the Dolphins game where Gruden's just like, hey, I love Nelson, man. That's all I got. Uh, but <laughs> Spotrack has his market value right now set just under $10 million. Now, let's just say the Raiders do offer him the most money and you know he tests free agency and no one else offers what the Raiders offer him. I mean, do you think he'll want to come back with the Raiders after you saw that uh, 
uh, the article regarding his outburst in the locker room after the Dolphins game? Yeah, you know, I think that that kind of outburst from players is kind of overrated. I think that that happens all the time. I know that that happens all the time. And, you know, players don't want to lose. And the Raider, the way that the Raiders were losing games was embarrassing. And really, I'm surprised that it took them that long to blow up. Or somebody that took that long to blow up. Because I, I don't know yeah. about you, but when when things ain't going right and, and, and I'm having a bad show or multiple bad shows, I let it be known. Like, hey, man, I, this has got to get better, man. This has got to be a, a, a thing, man. We got to do better than this. So I'll get frustrated and I'll voice my opinion. But it's it's just because I want better. And I think that that's where Nelly was coming from. Like, hey, man, we shouldn't be losing these games the way that we're losing. You guys are accepting this. That's a loser mentality, which he's not wrong. So I think that the Raiders really need more guys like that willing to step up and say that, especially with a very young team. I do think that he would like to go back. I think he has a really good relationship with Derek Carr. But ultimately, at this point of his career, He's going to test the market, and he's going to go where they give him the most money. And I don't blame him. You know what I mean? Because as we see, when the team is done with you, we just talked about Gabe Jackson. We just talked about Trent Brown. When they're done with you, they're done with you. And your contract really means less than the paper that is written on. I mean, it's just, it's fool's gold. So, I mean, if you can go and get, and I think this is kind of my dark horse that I think is going to be the team that's going to really throw the most money at Nelly is going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars. And that's because they have the most money. They got all the money in the world. Trevor Lawrence is going to be the number one overall pick and they're going to want to have weapons there for him right so why not a big deep threat like like Nelly would be so I think that they're going to really throw a lot of money at him but if the Raiders could convince him that hey let's let's go and, and, and you know we'll give you 10 million dollars we'll give you 12 million dollars you know the the interesting thing about this is I was paying attention to uh, what they were saying is the estimated franchise tag uh, values and for the wide receiver it's yeah. only 15 million dollars you know so I think that Possibly they could say, hey, you know, we don't want to put a franchise tag on you and give you 15, but we can give you 10 to 12 on a, on a year on a year deal and we can run it back and see what happens. And he might go for that if he can't get a better offer on the open market. But the, the franchise tag is a little bit less than I expected it to be, and that's obviously because the salary cap has gone down for 2021. So there's a slight chance. I Again, gut feeling tells me that he's not in the silver and black in 2021, but I could see Derek Carr lobbying for him, and I could see since Mayock said how much he loves him, and I know Gruden loves him as well, well, them giving him maybe a little bit extra coin to keep him around for at least one more year. And it's that fire they're missing, you know? Right. Derek Carr and Josh Jacobs, those guys, I guess, now are the leaders of the offense. Uh, Josh Jacobs being, I mean, only going into his third year. But those guys are relatively soft-spoken. Henry Ruggs, he's soft-spoken. Darren Waller, he's not a guy that's going to go out and kind of yell at his team and tell him, hey, you're playing like crap. Like, I mean, Nelson Aguilar might have to be that guy. Yeah, and you know, it's funny, man. That makes me remember a story. And Eric Davis, and obviously everyone in the Bay Area remembers Eric Davis from his time with the 49ers. He told me one time, you win games, you win games with car thieves and choir boys. The Raiders have choir boys. They don't have any car thieves. And I don't think that Nelly is quite a car thief, but he has a little edge to him. They need a couple guys, a couple dudes, like I like to call them, on that roster that has some edge to him. You know, Bill Romanowski ain't walking through the through the doors anytime soon. You know what I mean? He's got a he's got edge. They need some guys with that that edge and that, like I said, that car thief to him. And, you know, Nelly just having that edge and being the guy that's that decided he wanted to speak up when he did, because he's normally a soft spoken dude too. But since he spoke up at that moment, it kind of let it be known, like, hey, I'm not taking this, and you shouldn't settle for this either. So they need a little bit of that, to your point, uh, in, in that locker room.
Yeah, and you know we'll get to that one guy who does have that edge in Jonathan with uh, when in Jonathan Abram in just a second. Uh, but you know, let's just say that does happen because your gut feeling is saying, is saying Trent Brown, Nelson Aguilar, probably not, uh, possibly not going to be on the team. And let's just say they do actually get under the salary cap by a hefty amount, and you know that's barring they do release Mariota and, and possibly LaMarcus Joyner. They they could have a little bit of money to spend. Um, do you think they're going to make a, a big splash signing in free agency, or do you think they're kind of more looking for bargaining pieces? You know, I think this year is actually a really good year to not make a big splash. I would love for them to go out and make a big splash. Like a guy like Leonard Williams, I think would be yeah. ideal. Uh, I don't know if the Giants are going to bring him back or not. He was their franchise tag holder last year. I don't know if they're going to bring him back. I would love for them to go make a move for a, a Leonard Williams, a unique Ngakwe, maybe a Marcus Williams from the Saints, you know, the safety. Uh, but again, with the salary cap going down and with them not really being in the greatest position right now, I think, and especially we'll see it next week, there's going to be a lot of really good veterans being released because of the salary cap. We've already seen it already. It's starting to be what I like to call the purge, and they're getting rid of these guys. I think that the Raiders, if they're smart and they play their cards right, and I'll say the last few years, they haven't done that great in free agency. The guys they brought in, they haven't really gotten their money's worth. If they go and get some guys, maybe not on day one of free agency, maybe not even day two, but if they go into day three and they get a guy like a Kyle Van Noy, if he happens to be available, you can get a good one or two years out of that guy, and he could be a difference maker on your team. If you go get a guy at the on the back end of his career, but he still has a couple years, you can you can make that work. Like a Richard Sherman. The Bay Area knows how, how important Richard Sherman was for the 49ers, even though he wasn't able to stay healthy in, uh, in 2020. If he's healthy and you can get him on a, on a reduced salary and maybe a year or two deal, he said he wanted to play two more years, why not? Those are the kind of guys that know how to, to get things done. They've been there, done that. Those are the kind of guys that I could see, especially on the defensive side of the ball, that could be difference makers and help this, this Raider team, especially defensively, like I mentioned, that needs to get over the hump, kind of get over the hump in 2021. Did you did you like how John Gruden was kind of tampering with that with Richard Sherman with the with Chris Collinsworth on the podcast? I mean, he had no choice. Collinsworth put him in a terrible position. Oh, he did, but and, and I had no problem with him tampering, and, and these guys do it all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like These guys yeah. are talking to each other, communicating with each other. If it's not through, you know, like Richard Sherman to John Gruden, it's agent to agent. It's I mean, these guys, whatever you see on film and what you hear is, is nothing compared to what they've done. The Combine, which is usually already gone on, it's, it's obviously didn't happen this year because of COVID, but the Combine is the, is the great place for tampering. That's all that happens at the Combine is tampering so uh yeah I, I think that as soon as Gus Bradley was hired to be a uh, to be the defensive coordinator for the Raiders he yep. probably made the first call to Richard Sherman like hey hey man <laughs> hey I, I would like to have you in the secondary okay we could talk later okay great I mean I, I'm sure that those kind of communications one way or the other have already happened but yeah Collinsworth did kind of set him up and then and then tried to back out of it it's like well I don't want to be you know I don't want to get you caught up in tampering but <laughs> <laughs> It was just you're doing it on a public podcast anyway, and right. Collinsworth. I listened to that entire thing. I'm like Collinsworth driving a podcast. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm good with him just being an analyst. But anyway, that's exactly. Here or there. I don't even need to mention that. Uh, but speaking of Gus Bradley and, and possibly bringing in uh, Richard Sherman, this defense cue it it needs a leader. You yep. know, it, it doesn't seem to have that voice right now. I mean, I guess I don't know. Would Quitkowski be that guy? I don't know. But let's just take two players who. I think last year kind of disappointed uh, in the eyes of Raider fans, but Corey Littleton and, and Jonathan Abram, 
who in your eyes next season uh, will improve more under Gus Bradley? I mean, will both these guys improve? I mean, or is, is this who they are? Uh, Corey Littleton and, and Jonathan Abram, what do you think about those guys coming up next year? Well, I'll tell you, I have more confidence right now in Corey Littleton. I think that the problem with him in 2020 was he was thinking. I mean, you could tell he was reacting yeah. slowly. He was running slowly because he was thinking about what he's supposed to do in Paul Gunther's scheme. And so I think that Gus Bradley is going to simplify things where he could just go out there, read and react and play. And that's what Gus Bradley did in, in Seattle when they had the Legion of Boom. And they had guys, they weren't all first round draft picks. They were guys that they got from different different uh, you know walks of life and different rounds of the draft and free agency. And they were able to put this thing together and they just went out there and played. I think Corey Littleton will probably benefit the most from the linebacker position with Gus Bradley. Jonathan Abram, on the other hand, that's a big question mark for me. First year, he only played in half a game. Then he got injured. He was out the whole year. Second year, it was a lot of bad. And he walks around, and he he runs around the, the field, and he he acts like he's the end-all, be-all. And I know he's got that 24 on his chest, so he's feeling a little Willie Brownish. He's feeling a little Charles Woodson. He's probably even feeling a little Money Lynch. But he is none of those guys right now. You know, right now, he's a guy that everyone's looking at and saying, hey, that's a first-round bust. I mean, right now, he is considered a first-round bust, and it's up to him to be able to get this thing turned around around and the thing about it is Paul Gunther never took him off the field. Whenever he was making mistakes and he was out of position or he was whiffing on tackles, Paul Gunther never took him off the field and said, hey, young man, come stand next to me. You've got to learn. This isn't, this isn't how it's going to fly. He just let him go ahead and, and stay out there and do what he does. Gus Bradley, if he starts to see that, if he starts to sense that, his main job is I've got to get this guy off the field because he's a liability. Jonathan Abram, this year three is going to be huge for him. This is when the team's going to start making a decision. You know, is he going to be a guy that we pick up the fifth year option on is he a guy that you know we can see building this team on I mean right now there's so many questions behind Jonathan Abram and again I I hate to just give him a label already but right now it's a short period of time but he's really he's looked at as a bust so he's got a lot of work to do uh, not only with the the defensive coordinator and the defensive coaches but himself he's got to look in the mirror and say hey how can I get better so uh, this is going to be a big year if I had to pick one of the two guys that I thought was really going to benefit from Bradley I'd roll with Corey Littleton I mean I was just I was just shocked in that second Chiefs game when you know he came in and, and thought Mahomes was going to run and then left Kelsey wide open when in the first game he was a big reason why the Chiefs offense wasn't that great yep. or as, as great as the Chiefs offense could be at least uh, in that first game and you know when Will Compton said on his own podcast uh, when he was talking about Paul Gunther saying that he's just switching up communication every single week. I I think that played with Corey Littleton's head a little bit, and and Littleton was taking some subtle shots at Gunther uh, throughout the year, in in my opinion, just him saying, you know, like, we weren't getting set up on defense, and, you know, the communication isn't right. And then when Will Compton mentioned that, I thought, okay, well, if they get a a new defensive coordinator – I think Corey Littleton has the skill to maybe be uh, pretty good. And, you know, hopefully Gus Bradley can teach Damon Arnett how to not tackle with his head, too. Right. Exactly. Stay on the field. <laughs> yeah. That's, right. yeah. Look, Damon Arnett, he's a guy that I have a lot of questions about as well because the Raiders were fired up about him all training camp long. They're like, man, this guy's the, the, the truth. We're going to make him a starter uh, immediately week one. But if he can't stay on the field, he's no good to the team. And so he's got to stop leaning and, and uh, you know, diving in there with his head. He's got to learn to put his head up when he tackles. And, and I mean, that's fundamental stuff. So if he can't do that, then he's going to be a, a major liability moving forward. 
And then we'll also see if they do sign uh, Nicholas Morrow to a new deal, who's also a free agent. And, uh, I mean, he was kind of a secret weapon last year when uh, Corey Littleton went down. He was one of the best linebackers on the field. Uh, just one more, moving on uh, to the offensive side of the ball. And this is a dude who uh, I mentioned earlier in the in the interview, but it's Henry Ruggs. Uh, what did you see out of him this year? Because i got to be honest, Q, for me, I like the attitude that he, that he had, and I like the humility, but – you know, with Tyrell Williams being gone and, you know, if they don't sign Aguilar to a new deal and he's the he's the, the de facto number one wide receiver, I'm going to need him to be a little more cocky next year. You know, uh, you know, he, he says he's not about the yards. He doesn't care about the stats. He just cares about wins. And that's great. But also you're a wide receiver. You can get a little cocky from time to time. Right. You know, I mean, you, you said it off top. You know what do I need to see from from Henry Ruggs. I need to see more of Henry Ruggs. You know, that's that's the thing. Didn't see any right. of him. I mean, he had, what, 26 catches on the season? And, and I know he only played in a handful of games, like 12 games. But uh, the, the fact that, that they didn't feature him and they didn't try to get him the ball when the number one reason they went out and got him and made him the number one receiver uh, off the board was because of that speed. So use it, you know. And it's funny, when, when they drafted him, I said, now, the problem is if you go and you buy a Ferrari but you drive it like a Honda, what's the point of having a Ferrari? You know what I mean? Like, don't treat it like a Honda. Don't treat it like a minivan if it's going to be a Ferrari. He is a Ferrari, but yet he was used like a minivan, and that's a problem. So John Gruden, uh, Greg Olson, they've got to look in the mirror. Henry Ruggs, he's got to look in the mirror and say, hey, what can I do better? How can I get off the line of scrimmage better? How can I run tighter routes? How can I get on the same page with my quarterback? He's got a lot of work to do, but the coaching staff's got a lot of work to do too. How can we get this guy more involved? Speed doesn't matter if you don't use it. I mean, anyone could be out there and be fast. I mean, did, did they draft him number 12 overall to be a fast decoy? I don't think so. And, and I know that Darren Waller is technically the number one wide receiver from the tight end position. He's right. the guy. I get that. But Henry Ruggs has got to be a really good compliment. Now, some of the questions and some of the remarks were, well, Nelson played so well that, you know, it, it kind of took a little away from Henry's growth. No, not really. Look at the Chiefs. Look how many weapons they have. They can spread the ball around and still put up huge numbers. They have Kelsey. They have Hill. Uh, they have McCole Hardman. I mean, they have all kind of guys out there. Uh, they have running backs that they're drafting in the first round. They have all kind of weapons that they have that are, are thriving. The Raiders have Waller, and then they have a bunch of guys. You know what I mean? So, so they could have used Henry Ruggs a whole lot more, and, and then it would have probably uh, made them kick less field goals than they did in 2020. That was a big yeah. problem, too. They weren't able to capitalize on the red zone. So John Gruden, the company, and Henry Ruggs has a lot of work to do to show why he was the number one wide receiver taken. And the and the in-game decisions that Gruden needs to make. Right. I mean, just decide whether you're going to be aggressive and go for it on fourth down or not. You know? I mean, yes. Just, just make up your mind next season. I mean, that Buccaneers game, it just totally flipped whenever uh, he did, he just decided to punt and elected to punt. And anyway, I'm just going to go off on a tangent on that <laughs> one, Q, but uh, I don't, I don't want to do that. But, hey, I really appreciate your time, Q, and, you know, free agencies in, in 10 days, and hopefully we can – talk down the line and if the Raiders make any moves uh we'll see what's happening with the 2021 Raiders next year thanks a lot Q hey no problem man like I said when the Bay calls me man I'm definitely answering that phone so Bay Area be good appreciate it all right man you too so there it was right there, my conversation with Nice Guy Steven from 95.7 The Game. They put out a podcast through a, the radio station, uh, Black Sundays is what they call it, and so he invited me onto the show, and it was a lot of fun. So hopefully you enjoyed that conversation as well. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Before I get into that, though, I do want to tell you about Built Bar and what Built Bar has going on. Really, really special. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best.
best tasted protein bar on the market for a long time now, right? Built Bar is amazing, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all the bars. Well, now's the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is time for Built Bar Madness. Just like March Madness, now it's Built Bar Madness. And today's matchup got a couple of couple of bars going up against each other today. Apple Almond Crisp versus Churro Puff. Think about that. Apple Almond Crisp. Very good bar right there versus Churro Puff. If I had to guess, I would say that the winner is going to be Apple Almond Crisp on that one, but that's just me. But either way, the winner is going to take on Cookies and Cream. The next round will be Cookies and Cream of the winner of Apple Almond Crisp and Churro Puff. And also competing today, Peanut Butter Brownie versus Raspberry, and the winner will take on Coconut Almond. So uh, if I had to look at these two matchups, i say Apple Almond Crisp will take one, and I think that Peanut Butter Brownie takes the other one, but uh, it is up to you. What you got to do is go to BuiltBar.com or to at Built underscore Bar on Twitter and vote for your favorite one. You go and make the vote, and the winner's going to advance. And remember, while you're there, use the promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order. That's LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And then make sure to check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best-tasting protein bar. That's all from BuiltBar.com. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast. Voicemail line 707-654-4693. Kind of running long or already the show's already kind of running long on time. So not going to have a lot of time to get to a bunch of them. But we're going to go ahead and try to knock out as many as possible real quick. Uh, the first one, matter of fact, is going to be a text from Raider Mike in HB. And this is a pretty lengthy text. So probably won't have a whole lot more time. But either way, here's Raider Mike in HB. said, what's up, Q? Just got done listening to Wednesday's show. I see where you're coming from with your take on Musburger's interview. By the way, I'm a Greg Papa guy as well, as we've talked about that before. I hope one day that bridge can be repaired between him and Mark Davis, but I doubt it. I think that Musburger is probably trying to support his employer, but I do think a lot of people, including me, feel like we have to protect Carr in a way. Musburger is a professional and should be objective. Papa is objective. For me, I think it's because I've only been a Raider since 2004. Since I didn't see people like Stabler, I didn't see MVP Gannon, I didn't know what that looks like. I'm used to the likes of Kerry Collins, Andrew Walter, Aaron Brooks, Jamarcus Russell, Carson Palmer, etc. I loved Campbell, but that was so short-lived because of his injury, and I was actually really excited about Pryor. I really wanted that to work, and it just didn't. Carr has not only been the best quarterback that I've personally seen in silver and black, but also the most consistent. I think that Carr is a very accurate passer. He is outstanding in clutch moments with the game on the line or if we need one drive. And I think I love most is that he loves being a Raider, and that's huge for me. We've seen way too many guys come in here looking for a payday and not caring about being a Raider. Problem is, Carr is also a very safe quarterback. He's not the type of guy that can carry this team on his back and take the team where they want to go. Carr needs a line of running game and receivers and defense to be successful. I believe that's the case with most quarterbacks in the NFL. There's only a select few that have the talent to carry a team. It's especially hard for us because the best of the best is in our division. I get why people doubt Carr because we see the quarterbacks doing amazing things, winning awards and championships, and we've been to the playoffs once in 18 years. I get the impatience and frustration in division within Raider Nation. The quarterback will always be the biggest target. Personally, I'm going to support Carr until he's no longer QB1 of the Raiders. Sorry for the lengthy text, man. Thanks for keeping it real and honest with this Q. That's Raider Mike in HB. 
And really good stuff, man. Really lengthy stuff. And, yeah, I remember, as you mentioned, all those quarterbacks, Kerry Collins, Andrew Walter, Aaron Brooks, Jamarcus Russell, Carson Palmer. I mean, you just kind of cringe every time, you know. Dante Culpepper was another one. I mean, there's so many quarterbacks. And I've said this about Derek Carr before. He sustained that position, you know, because there was a a carousel. It was just a a rotating door of guys that came in and tried to play that role. And he came in and sustained it. You know, he held it down since the moment that he's been drafted to where he is right now. And that's great, and that's awesome, and I think that he deserves a lot of credit for that. I don't think there's anything wrong with people wanting more at this point, though. You know what I mean? It's like you could be happy that you've had consistency and you've had the same guy and you've had a guy that's really good, but it's nothing wrong with other people wanting more. As the Raiders, I mean, they continue to do their due diligence on quarterbacks. I mean, think about it. John Gruden went and, and worked out Kyler Murray. Knowing that Kyler Murray was going to be the first overall pick of the Cardinals, he still went and worked him out. He still kind of looked into Tom Brady last year. I mean, John Gruden's always going to look into quarterbacks, and there's a chance that at some point, maybe he makes a move and, and replaces Derek Carr. Or, Derek Carr's there for the next four or five years. Either way, I've said it before, I think that the Raiders could definitely win games, and they can make a deep playoff run with, with uh, Derek Carr. He's good enough to win it all, I do believe believe it's just everything's got to be you know lined up correctly like you mentioned you know it's got to have that run game got to have that that offensive line has got to have some good weapons around him and they got to have the defense play worth assault and in 2020 the defense didn't play worth assault they were terrible so you know I mean there's a lot of it that we put on uh, the the quarterback or we put on the offense or we put on John Gruden but a lot of it goes back to the defense and how bad it was as well so all in all I understand what you're saying about protecting them, but my biggest beef and the reason why I brought it to the podcast is because I know that for a media member, it is not the job of the media to go out and protect somebody in the organization. It's just not. And I know some people are saying, no, Q, uh, the national media, they could be objective, but the local media can't be. No, it's all the same, man. You're not, you're not supposed to, to, to report on a team and, and, and cover a team if you're going to look through the glasses of the team. If you're going to look through silver and black glasses, that's not being objective. Now, if you're just going to do like a podcast and you just say, hey, I'm just a diehard fan. I'm passionate about the team. I love this team. And that's what it's all about. The team can't do no wrong. That's fine. And there's avenues like that. And there's shows that out there like that. And that's great. But if you're trying to be real deal and professional about it, that's not the way you do it. And that's how I choose to do this show. It's going to be real deal. It's going to be professional. You're going to get exactly what you deserve. I'm I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pump sunshine up your backside because that's just disrespectful in my mind. In my opinion, that'd be disrespectful because it's almost like I'm lying to you, and I'll never do that. So uh, that's the difference as far as I'm concerned. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. Carr has been a damn good quarterback from the time that he's been with the Raiders. You know, and obviously the wins are not there yet. But you know, maybe this will be the year where they take that next step. You know, but it's gonna take the team to get it done. So thank you so much for that text. Definitely appreciate you. Next up, got a call from Flavius in Indiana. He's calling in to point out a fact or a little stat about Derek Carr that a lot of people may be overlooking. Here he is, Flavius in Indiana. Hey, Q, this is your boy Flavius calling from Indiana. It's been a while since I've called. Just a, a quick hit, as uh, T, T3 Raider Fax says, uh, that everybody's going to blame Derek Carr once again in the offseason. But out of the top 15 quarterbacks, he is number 14 in passing yards. But there's only, I want to say, three people who threw less interceptions. So out of the top 15, only four people threw in the single digits in interceptions. And, well, Derek Carr is one of those. So I'd like to hear your thoughts. I'd like to hear everybody else's thoughts on that. Okay, out. 
There he goes, Flavius in Indiana. And, yeah, man, it's been a minute. Good to hear from you, my man. And, yeah, I mean, I think everyone kind of agrees and understands that Derek Carr is very good with the ball. You know, he's very safe with the ball. He He's very accurate with the ball. Uh, he does not turn the ball over as far as interceptions a lot. Now, what he does do and what he did do in 2020 that bothered me was that he had a lot of fumbles from the pocket. That bothered me. That's something he has to clean up. But as far as, you know, him throwing interceptions, I feel very confident that when he goes back to pass, it's not going to be picked off. I'm actually surprised when he does get get picked because he is really good at that Uh, I don't think that that's ever a question and again uh, I don't want to make this all uh, uh, everything about Derek Carr because it's not always about Derek Carr even though it always ends up going in that direction but I mean there's a lot more elements to this team and the 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 struggles of the team than just the quarterback position but with that being said it doesn't mean that at some point the team doesn't say okay this guy's gotten us to this far now we need this other guy or someone else to get us over the hump I mean that's how it goes sometimes I'm not saying that's the situation right now but that's how it goes sometimes so when you hear that conversation come up and you hear that you know maybe maybe a, a Russell Wilson or a Deshaun Watson is is available I mean a team has to do their due diligence just to see if it's true or not if it's not true then you go about your business if it is true cool no doubt about it and for anyone who says that well uh, if he's your guy you don't have to worry about it look businesses and I mean regular businesses not just like the NFL or sports businesses do that all the time they're always looking for your replacement if you think you're irreplaceable you're not organizations are always looking to replace you and they're always looking for the younger cheaper person that you can get more I mean they're always looking to improve themselves either not necessarily uh, always with talent but maybe just with as far as what they're paying they're always organizations do that teams do that I mean it's just that's just what it is it doesn't matter what job you're at I promise you right now that someone's looking not maybe not necessarily you but someone's looking to replace someone in, in your company right now that's just just how it is I know damn well in my business that there's always they're always looking to replace someone in my business I I promise you that so I mean it's it's not even really a disrespect to say that a team is doing some due diligence on some quarterbacks that may be available it's just it's just business and that's how they conduct it next up got a text and before we get to the text got to sound the alarm one time because this text is from PA Raider he says hey Q PA Raider here sound that alarm I'm a new booty listening to the show for the last year plus always great stuff appreciate what you do Two things for you after listening to Wednesday's show. One, just a word of advice. When talking about wrestling, never call it fake to an actual wrestler. They'll put you in a hold to ask you if it's fake. They like scripted. Just want to protect your neck. Two, I really like the kid Merrick from TCU, but knowing our entire secondary is so young, do you see us going after a vet free safety rather than getting another young buck back there? If we did get a vet, it would free us up to get a D-tackle, edge, or linebacker with our first two or three picks in the draft. Thanks for your time. Peace out. That's from P.A. Raider. And Merrick is a real deal player, man. Uh, saw a lot of him at TCU as I covered the Big 12 like a glove. He's really, really good. Matter of fact, I'm probably going to get Steven Simcox, who's host of Locked On Horn Frogs. I'll probably get him on to talk about Merrick at some point just so you can get a better idea. He breaks it down in a really, really good, good way. Uh, Steven's great. So I'll probably get him on the show at some point to talk about that. Um, I, I could see them going after a guy like Merrick. Uh, I don't know if they'd go for him in the first round. I know a lot of mocks have him going in the first round. I could see them going for him if he's still available in the second round. I think that they'll probably go linebacker or D tackle or edge with their first their their first pick at number seventeen. And you know, Barmore may be in place from Alabama, or uh, of course, I like Awusu uh, uh, Koromoa from Notre Dame, the linebacker. I like those two dudes. Um, I know a lot of people like Zayvon Collins uh, at the linebacker position. I mean, there's a lot of different directions they can go. And the thing about it, the beauty of it is that they need so much help, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, that you know they they can really improve the team. 
no matter what direction they go. If they go linebacker, edge, D-tackle, safety, they're going to improve the team no matter what. So uh, thank you for that text. Definitely appreciate you. Uh, final call for the show today comes from Raider STL. Haven't heard from him in a minute. He's calling to share his frustration with the silver and black and not the team, but the fans when he talks about trying to improve the team. Really good call here from Raider STL. Yo, what up? Been so long, you might as well call me a new booty. But no, um, I was just calling in because I'm, you talked today about being frustrated about how like Musburger and stuff was talking about the team. And I agree with that, but I just, just kind of wanted to call the, put the, put the nation in check, man. Like I'm not saying the, the podcast listeners, but you go on Facebook pages, Bleacher Report, any community page where there's Raiders talk. It's so toxic, man. We got to stop attacking each other. Just because somebody doesn't agree with your point, it doesn't mean they're not a real Raider fan. It just means their opinion on the team is different than yours. And to people like defending Derek Carr, that's great. He's the quarterback, and that's fine. But if someone thinks that adding Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson would make the team better, that doesn't mean that they hate the Raiders and they're not a real Raider fan. It just means that they're tired of losing. Like me, I'm 27 years old. The Raiders have been to one Super Bowl in my life, and they got destroyed. So when I hear something like Russell Wilson wants to come to the team, and I'm a believer that Gus Bradley alone will improve the team, if you have somebody like Russell Wilson who can do a lot with a little, you won't need those first-round picks. And based off of Mayock and Gruden's history, they're not great at drafting first-round picks. But regardless, I'm being called not a real Raider fan because I think that having a better quarterback would make us worse. Or would, like, no, I'm sorry, it's just, it's, it's frustrating. The point is, everybody love everybody, Raider Nation. We all love the Raiders. Let's just stick to it. I love you guys for loving my team. Sorry it's been so long. You guys have a good one. Raider STL out. Raider STL, thanks for that call, my man. It's been a long time since I heard from you. It's it's, it's really good to hear from you. So uh, thank you so much for that call. And, yeah, that's what drives me crazy too, man, is when you just mention a guy, when you mention Russell Wilson or Watson, or you even put out, like, uh, the Locked On NFL Network, they put out a tweet the other day just asking where Derek Carr was. What was he ranked, you know, top Top five, top 10, top 15, whatever. And people were getting mad at me. Like, why is this even a question? I'm like, are you serious? Like the network put it out. All I did was retweet it. But, you know, it's like you're, you got to be a hater if you question anything, if you say anything about something. So, I mean, it's just I get it. It's the offseason frustration. Not enough uh, playoff appearances, obviously, uh, over the course of the last 18 years. You know, just going that one time is not enough, obviously. So Raider Nation is just frustrated. I get it, man. Uh, everyone just wants to see the team win, and everyone gets to get to the next level. I, I get it. I absolutely get it. And ultimately, that's what they want as well. And they're just trying to figure out exactly how to get it. And a lot of uh, a lot of work this offseason is going to determine what this next team is going to look like, this 2021 version of the Las Vegas Raiders. So that's all I got for you today on today's show. Appreciate all the feedback, all the calls. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with some more news and notes of the day, with more calls and texts out that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, and more. Please believe we'll have a lot more uh, than just that to bring to the show each and every day. That's how we get down. So until then, Raider Nation, make sure you stay safe. Uh, I know a lot of folks are starting to loosen up with the whole COVID protocols and everything. Man, wear your mask, wash your hands, stay social distance, do what you got to do. Like I said, man, just came from a, a funeral over the weekend where uh, you know the, the family lost their, their the, the father of the house uh, due to COVID. So, uh, man, just it's real. It's a real deal thing, and, and I know a lot of people have experience with it, but just 
do everything you can to stay safe, man. It's it's that's what's most important. So uh, do what you got to do, Raider Nation. But until then, till tomorrow's show, as always, just win, baby.